0: your brain will find a million ways to complicate those three variables. That's called active procrastination. Right, money, motivation and embracing risk. So, money is the outcome of value and fair exchange. So, if you are not making much money right now, it is a simple equation. You haven't yet packaged enough value to enough people and created fair exchange. Let me say that again. If you are not yet making the money you want to make, which, by the way, should be all of us. Pete Cohen kindly said, he feels like I'm just starting. I feel like I'm just starting. I feel like what I've learned and what I know and what I've done is small compared to what I could do. I do feel that, it's not, I just feel that. And so I know I have to package more of my information and knowledge in a way that reaches more people. I actually don't really have a problem in packaging it because I've done a quarter of a billion in revenue, much of that from information. So my job has to be to get it to more people. That has to be my next stage. So, either your product or service isn't useful, or you don't have one yet, or you haven't found fair exchange, or you haven't got enough people to buy it yet. It's that simple. So, it's one of those three things. It's not useful. It is useful but you haven't yet figured out how to charge fairly or you haven't got enough people to buy it and your brain will find a million ways to complicate those three variables that's called active procrastination yeah but yeah but yeah but yeah but that's it that's it motivation I find motivation a paradox, because like, no one has to be motivated to be who they are and no one has to be motivated to do what they love so I don't want to talk about motivation I've just written it down because you asked me about it I would say tune into your inspiration and your inspiration is the things that you love that people don't have to motivate you to do If you have to be motivated to do something, okay, we all need to occasionally. We're tired, we're distracted, we're overwhelmed, whatever. A bit of motivation to get us started, sure. But if you have to be continually motivated for something, I wonder if that's really important to you. Whereas being inspired is having intrinsic motivation. And we are all inspired by what's most important to us. There are things that you do that no one has to talk you into doing. Might be spending time with your children. Might be a hobby. A passion project. But there are things you don't need motivation for. You're intrinsically motivated to do. So I would instead talking about motivation i would encourage you to unleash what they are no one has to motivate me to do stuff like this no one has like i was talking to joe earlier and you know he kindly said i'm very consistent on social media but no one has to motivate me to talk about the things i'm interested in talking about on social media so it's not even a thing it's not even like yeah i'm yeah Yeah, look at me, I'm a legend, yeah. Every day I'm consistent, yeah, fucking, yeah. Every day on social media,
1: yeah.
0: No, it's just like, yeah, standard. So all of you have got that thing or those things, tap into them, find them. A lot of people separate wealth and health, making money and living your life. I think that's a mistake. If you look at the origin of the word wealth, it derives from the word wheel, W E A L. Wheel, W E A L, means well being. So wealth is well being. And society will have you believe that money isn't important. People over time, over history, who've lived the longest have been the wealthiest because they can afford the best lifestyle. And living a good, healthy lifestyle literally increases the length of your life. And everyone says that life is wealth, not money. It's health. Health is wealth, not wealth. But wealth gives you health. Fuck you, money makes you live longer. People also say that money isn't important, freedom's important. It's money that buys you freedom. I mean, what is freedom? Choice. Choice. I think choice is expensive. That's all right. I I think choice is very expensive. I want to go wherever I want. That's going to cost. I want to drive whatever car I want. That's going to cost. So, I, I know you know this, but... I am on a personal mission to get into every school and go on every stage and be on every TV show and on every podcast and on every channel I can, preaching, as Robert said, the fact that not just health is wealth, but wealth is health, and not just you know freedom is important, more important than money, but money is freedom. Now it's funny that we judge money. We don't judge a hammer. A hammer is a tool. We know it's inanimate. We know it doesn't judge. We know it doesn't have consciousness. We know it's pretty good at tapping in a nail. We know it's pretty good at levering out a nail. And we accept that that's its job. And we don't judge it. We don't talk about it too much in society. When someone uses a hammer... To smash in the skull of a fellow human being and murder them in cold blood. We don't try the hammer for murder. We try the person. We judge in front of a judge and jury the person who used the hammer. We don't judge the hammer. Why don't we see money like a hammer then? Why do we judge money? Why do we give it meaning? Why do we... In the Bible, it says the love of money is the root of all evil. It actually doesn't. It says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. But that's been taken out of context. But people believe that the love of money is the root of all evil. That is absolute nonsense. I would say the love of money is the root of all good, the root of all evil is evil. The root of all good is good, and money can fuel good. So Chuck Feeney is a billionaire who's given it all away. Vladimir Putin is a billionaire who's uh, uh, finished the sentence. (laughs) Putin is apparently the richest man in the world, according to the richest man in the world, Elon Musk. So Putin's a billionaire and Chuck Feeney is a billionaire. They're just using money in a different way. But we judge money and society... So, no wonder some people are broke. They're not broke because they don't have opportunity. They're broke because they've been brainwashed to be broke. Yogesh, you had a question. Hi, Rob. Hi, I'm Yogesh. Um, Hi, Yogesh. Hi. So, I agree with you about the money, but how do you convince your other half, your partner, about the same thing and that money is more important than other things? I don't try and convince my wife of anything. (laughs) I am the most unqualified person to answer that question. How do you convince your wife dot, dot, dot? Um, I think, Yogesh, you shouldn't try and convince your wife of anything. You should just try to become the best version of yourself that you can be. Because hopefully your wife loves you for who you are. If she doesn't, then... Mm. I won't (laughs) say what's in my head. (laughs) Okay. Right, Yogesh, I'm going to answer this in a different way. Take a seat for this one, Yogesh. I think about this a lot. By the way, this event is called Mindset and Money. And my content is on money, but I'll slide into mindset. So... I believe the greatest gift you can give to the people you love is to truly be yourself. That is fucking hard. Because every time we feel like we want to be ourselves, we have fears. Because there there are three levels when it comes to having the courage to be yourself. Level one is rejection. Level two is ridicule. And level three is ostracization. So... The greatest fear would be to be ostracized. That would mean death 10,000 years ago. Ridicule is that public humiliation, and rejection are those smaller things that hurt, but they can be small. So that you've got these three levels of pain that you have to face in the true pursuit of being yourself. But I'm not going to slide into relationship advice because I'm unqualified. Um, But If you do not have the courage to be yourself, how can you have a proper relationship with another human being? Because they're having a relationship with a version of you that isn't you. And then you have some issues and frustrations with them about how they are with you, but they're having a relationship with the false version of you. Yeah. I think about this a lot. And by the way, I'm not just now talking about your husband or wife or non-binary, gender-neutral, whatever it is, they. (laughs) It's your partnerships, it's your clients, it's your following, it's the work you put out on social media. So I know you wanted an easy answer, Yogesh, on how to change your wife. And now I'm talking about how to change yourself. We now have 87 left in the room. (laughs) Yeah. Mindset and fuck you. (laughs) I believe yoga. You know I'm your biggest fan. You know that. You know I believe in you. And you know I know you quite well through all the work we've done together in ICM Elite. And I know, like we all have, you have these fears of putting yourself out there, fears of being judged, fear of conflict, all this kind of stuff. A lot of us have it. But if you embrace your true authentic self of being yourself, I believe your wife will change because she will see the real you. Now, hopefully she's seen enough of the real Yogesh over the years she's been with you that she loves that guy. If she sees sees the real you and she's never seen him before, she's in for a fucking shock. And it could arouse her very much. (laughs) Oh, Yogesh. (laughs) But I'm glad we were able to talk about the courage to be yourself. A lot of people talk about it And I think it's so hard to define. Because here's the thing. We we have authenticity, but then we have emotions. And emotions are fleeting. They come and they go. And in the moment of an emotion, we can feel like that's who we are. That's not who we are. That's a fleeting emotion. So being yourself is actually not about succumbing to your fleeting emotions. Which entrepreneurs are really freaking good at. Excited, depressed, excited, depressed. You know, full of confidence. Hate myself. Hate myself. That's how it can be, and those emotions are not who we are. They are our emotions. But beneath that, a layer beyond that is who we are. If any people have studied success for long enough, you can find a hole in everyone else's soul that they're trying to fill. Like Will Smith, if you listen to his autobiography, you know exactly why that slap happened, and you know the pain that that came from, and you know why he is wildly successful, because of his massive need to please, because of how... His relationship with his dad was. So there is this ability to take void and pain and turn it into success. But so many people don't. It breaks them and they never recover from it and they just hold it as trauma. And I know people close to me, family, loved ones, people who I know really well, who they had similar things but they didn't use it. It beat them. They gave up. In many ways, if you don't have a need to please people, that's probably quite a good thing for success. Because we talk a lot about rejection and ridicule and all this, but some people just aren't really that bothered. Like some people don't really feel that pain. So I might have been a lot more successful if I didn't have that, maybe. But all I've tried to do is to learn to love the things about myself that I hated and I don't need to come here and tell you them and in fact we could just turn on some music and do some dancing and it will be a much more uplifting but I've got to think about what serves you the most and from my experience when people share things about themselves that makes them feel very vulnerable. Like, the last five minutes of talking about all that, I feel all the pain again. I can feel it in my legs, I can feel it. But we're all playing smaller than we should be in this room. All of us are. We can all play a bigger game. We all know that. So what's holding us back? That's where we've got to get to. That's the mindset part. So, yeah, I'm probably trying to fill those voids through the work that i'm doing and if i didn't have the voids i probably wouldn't have the need to do all the work so the lesson there is try and use those voids and that pain in the pursuit of something meaningful
1: hi rob good to see you again you too mate um i recall you rang me rob on my 50th birthday singing happy birthday sean um, <laughs> as you know, we used to crack a real lot. As you know, Rob, I've studied success probably for 30 years now. I was addicted to drugs for 20 odd years, codeine, but I used to like listen to Napoleon Hill and all these greats. And he wrote a book called Outwitting the Devil, um, along with Fink Growrich, but published it a lot later. And I had probably one of the most amazing things happen to me just four months ago. And I recall you saying you retired a few times and you could. You you always jump back into work. Well, I thought, I'm gonna go and live at Cape Verde. I'm gonna go and swim in the sea, and I'm never gonna work a day again in my life. While I was there, I got into yoga, and I started studying about your heart chakras and your different chakras in your brain. And one night, I opened my third eye and my heart chakra. And what I've noticed with a lot of people that are multimillionaires as well, and I've noticed this with yourself, Rob, when we've had our chats is, People don't really, truly, truly love themselves. And I realized, when I opened my third eye and my heart chakra, it's 100,000 times more powerful than your brain, your heart chakra. And that's the first time I really, truly, actually loved myself. And I think, how do you get that into people, that's entrepreneurs, because I realize I've seen the market there. Dr. Joe Dispenza, he teaches people how to rewire the brain. And how could I market something like that, where you teach people how to love themselves, and it is quite a simple process? Yeah, maybe Once I you,
0: maybe I need to join your course because yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think I love myself.
1: Or a vanity,
0: yeah. You know,
1: to, like a true love is to like is to love everything, but actually be attached to nothing.
0: Yeah, I should do that course as well. I'm very attached to my Lamborghini.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And you know, I think you're great, Rob. I always have. Thank
0: you. So, um, I think that's another really good thing, just to quickly discuss, which is how you feel about yourself. So, my therapist said to me, what would you say if you're 13 year old self was sat there what would you say to him would you love him and be proud of him and I was like no I wouldn't love him or be proud of him I'd be embarrassed and she was freaking shocked when I said that I didn't even think about it but I was embarrassed about myself when I was younger embarrassed about some of the things I told you I'm embarrassed about but I figure the only way to overcome that is to face it and make it not really a thing so I've got a long journey on loving myself. I know I've got some skills, and I, I, I know I care. And you know, there aren't many people at my level that phone you on your 50th birthday. I phone people every Christmas day who are struggling, and I help them, and on Boxing Day, and I do, I do a lot of that. And that does make me feel good about myself. And by the way, if I really love myself, I probably wouldn't do any of that shit, because <laughs> I don't need to because I love myself but I need to keep loving myself so I need to keep doing nice things to love myself so it has an upside I just haven't yet mastered that true love of myself you know people talk about ayahuasca DMT going on these open your mind experiences I'm kind of a bit scared of letting go of some of the baggage because then why would you want to do anything anymore like Elon Musk's got Quite a lot of baggage, it's definitely around criticism. You can see it, it's so much frustration around how people think about him, but I think it drives him. So instead of trying to let go or avoid or pretend or just love myself for who I am, I guess I'm just trying to figure out being okay with who I am and then trying to bring the full version of me. So this is a good example. I could do a hundred of these talks and I could do them a hundred different ways, and I could come here and have you laughing, I could come here and have you whoop whoop and I could come and shout and scream at you, I could come and do some motivation, I could come and get you in your own head. And You know, I think about, before I go on stage, which rob am I going to bring? I shouldn't really be thinking about which rob am I going to bring. Often, my reason for getting you to laugh is so I can feel good. So I challenged myself on this talk to come here to not use any intentional humour. No jokes, no, not, not bring energy, because I do that to feel good from you. But is that actually truly serving you, or is that just me trying to fill my own void? Now here's the irony, that can make me a good speaker. So I have to think now, authenticity for me is, be myself and give you what I perceive you would value and need the most which is why I let you ask questions as opposed to me just lecturing, which is why the content I'm covering is not content I would do. It's content you asked me to do. I think that's being authentic rather than pulling out my great one line of jokes and rants and whatever else. Now, you might say, Rob, I want that version back. That will be up to you and if I get enough of that feedback. But I think about these things a lot, Sean, and I think we should. Anyway... I'm going to go back to the content now. <laughs> we'll come to you in one moment. Yeah, we'll come to you in one moment. The entrepreneurial mindset. One, two, three, four, five things which, which I think will be useful to you. I'll make these brief and then I'll do six areas to increase your fees with ease. So, the entrepreneurial mindset is um, do you work to live or do you live to work? The great thing. The great thing about being an entrepreneur is you get to turn your passion into your profession. And if your profession is not your passion, you're doing the wrong freaking thing. Now, by the way, you have to understand the difference between volatile emotions and inspiration. So you could have had a really shit day in your business today and think, I don't love my business. But maybe you do. You just don't love it today. Like, everyone in this room with their kids wants to punch them, probably on a daily basis. It's, you're not allowed to admit it. But I, want, I literally want to punch my son in the face sometimes. Cheeky little fucker. But I love him, and I know that. And as of yet, I haven't punched him in the face. So I'm do, every day, I do not punch my son in the face. I am a good dad. I should get a medal. So you know you love your kids, but they freaking wind you up sometimes, but then you're, they're beautiful sometimes. That's how your business should be. At times it fucking pisses you off. At times staff piss you off. At times customers piss you off. But overall, you love that. If you're not in that kind of business, you're in the wrong business. If you want to be an entrepreneur. Because that's the trade-off, by the way. When you're an entrepreneur, you get paid last. There's no guarantees. You don't get really enough subsidies and support. You have to take a whole load of risk. So what's the trade-off? You've got to have some trade-off. And one of them is you get to turn your passion into your profession. So just make sure you're, you know the difference between working to live and living to work. Okay, number two. On the entrepreneurial mindset. You're prepared to put it all on the line. You don't necessarily, but you're prepared to. Do you know that Elon Musk's pay structure for Tesla over the last, well, it was planned to be a decade, but it was shorter, was no basic salary, no commission, and no money until he took Tesla to a valuation of $650 billion, And then he would get a small $23 billion commission or bonus. <laughs> so you would not find someone who doesn't have an entrepreneur mindset doing anything like that. Elon Musk took no salary... No drawings, no dividend, no pay, nothing. And all of his reward was on a targeted upside. And, and he hit it years early. So my question to you is, are you playing life too safe? Now, I know you've got kids. I know you've got mortgages. Yogesh, I, I know you've got your wife. But... My question to you is, are you playing life too safe? The entrepreneur mindset is you always do more than you're paid to do. Write it down. So you paid per month five pounds for Rob.team to be here. Now, hopefully you feel just my talk is worth at least six (laughs) pounds. And if you perceive that this talk is worth six pounds, and the edited version, £600, then you have received more than you paid for. And I try my best, I'm not perfect, of course, I try my best to always do more than I'm paid to do. People think I go over time because I don't know how to manage time. I go over time because I always want to give more content than I was paid to give. So if you always do more than you're paid to do, you will get paid more. Now sometimes, here's the thing that pissed me off about lockdown. I had to focus on cutting costs. I had to focus on keep, keeping the business going. When I bought into the pandemic of fear, I wasn't really able to focus on over-delivering for my clients because the government and the world and the situation made it really hard. We're out of that now, and now I can focus once again on doing more than I'm paid for. And I will always get paid well if I do more than I'm paid for, and you will too. Next thing is, do the job you want, not just the job you've got. So, by the way, anyone who's employed, they would be good to heed this advice to. The problem is, I can't really say this to employed people, because they say, well, you would say that because you employ people. So, they often don't listen to it with an open mind. But Brian Tracy taught me these when I was employed. But if you're employed, generally speaking, you want to do just enough not to get fired. That is the wrong fucking attitude. What sort of life is it to live to do only just enough not to get fired? You know, in your relationship, do only just enough not to get dumped. I mean, so many people are living that life. Fuck that life. Always do more than you're paid to do. And do the job you want, not just the job you've got. At the moment, I'm trying to do Joe Rogan's job because that's the job I want. I want to be paid 200 mil to run my fucking mouth off, get stoned, take ayahuasca, and talk to cool people. That's my ideal job. I've done my values. Be Joe Rogan. (laughs) But talking about the things that I'm inspired to talk about, having tens of millions of people gain benefit from that and getting paid handsomely that's my ideal job. Fuck property. I'm over, I'm over property now. So boring. I mean, who wants tenants? Boilers? Fucking planning consultants? I am so over property. Thankfully, we've got a lot of it. But. So I'm, at the moment, I'm trying to do the job I want as well as the job I've got. Okay. Cool. So final one on the entrepreneurial mindset, which is what to live versus live to work, putting it all on the line and um, taking more risks in your life. Always do more than you're paid to do. Do the job you want, not just the job you have. And then finally is, if you continually solve problems, you're going to be very rich. But what does your brain do? Your brain goes, why now? Why me? Can't handle this problem. Just want it to be easy. Everything was just fine and now it's all fucked. Wah, wah, wah. Ever seen Pingu? (laughs) <laughs> so if you, have the, if you have the mindset that every new problem is an opportunity and there is a solution to every problem, you will be rich. Assuming that's what you want. But this is called mindset and money, so I'm assuming that's what you want. Okay. Your question. Can we have the microphone, please? to the?
2: Thank you. What's your name? Niali. Hi, Niali. Hello. <laughs> so I'm going to take a risk now. And I was inspired by your very succinct sentence. If you're an entrepreneur, I take... If, you're, if I'm an entre, Or being an entrepreneur, we take risks. So this is a risk. I didn't realize until listening to you on social... Live recently, I didn't realize that I'm an entrepreneur. And I have been for most of my... Life and it's given me tremendous, it's opening things for me, realizing that I am. And I live my entire life taking risks. I take the sort of risks that other people would never take. So I've twice treated cancer successfully, non-medically. I have been homeless and I've moved more than 63 times. In my life, and at times I've not slept on the street, but I've slept rough. I was ostracized by my family because I did things my way. I've coached the Kenyan Olympic team. That was a job that came to me. I've been invited to have my own column in the Oprah magazine. So things come to me, and I, I don't know how to. I don't know how to offer that.
0: Okay, so you mean you don't know how to turn that into a profession?
2: Yes, thank you. Thank you.
0: Okay. Um, I don't want you to answer these now because they're going to take a bit more thought, but I want you to write the questions down to answer.
2: Thank you.
0: Because there's lots of different ways you could make money out of that. So the first thing is, what product or service could your life experience be? Now, there's a balance with your life experience. I can't turn being scared of the dark and when the bed into a course. If I did, there'd be a mastermind, a mentorship, one-to-one, one-to-many, <laughs> audio books, there'd be the whole friggin' lot, but I can't. That's just some shame I shared to hopefully make it okay to go to those places and me take some risks. That's all that is. But what I can do is figure out what I am and then figure out how I package that into a product or service that other people want. So what I am is an entrepreneur. And what I do is help people start and scale businesses, get better financial education and knowledge. And now, more specifically, help them leverage the creator economy, build their personal brand. And within that is mindset, money, being yourself, being authentic, loving yourself. You know, all the things that have come from Yogis' question and Sean's question. None of that stuff that I shared was on my script. It came from questions about all those things we feel, because they're real. But ultimately, how you monetize it is a useful product or service that people want or need. Now, the space I'm in is business and entrepreneurship. So it's making money. So I will address with and deal with the things around making money. Now, here's the interesting thing. This event is called Mindset and Money. And no one has asked a question about marketing or sales. Everyone's asking questions or talking about mindset and how you feel and your emotions and your identity, because that's the transcending thing across any business model, is who you are, how you face rejection, how you show up, how your friends and family and your your wife treat you, how you package your life into a product or service, how you overcome all your own fears and all that kind of stuff. That's there in everyone. That's why I talk about it. It'd be much more comfortable not to. I just want to talk about my books. <laughs> so your question to answer, Niali, is how do I create what I've learned and what I've done into a product or service? And that, what product or service is it that's useful to people? And then next, what form is that product or service in? What platform? What media? Because there's a zillion ways to make money. That's the problem. If there was one way to make money, you wouldn't be looking at a zillion ways to make money. Cool. I need to do the six areas to increase your fees with these. Then I'll take that final question. Okay. So, if you would like to increase your fees with ease, then write these six things down. I believe there are six areas. I'm actually writing a book called Increase Your Fees With Ease. So, this is from my book which is not yet available to buy. Otherwise, I would be pitching it to you. Um, Gary and Lloyd and Andy and Joe and I were talking, and they were somewhat surprised when I said, I have nothing to sell today. I'm, I should be more embarrassed about that than waiting in the bed. <laughs> All right, so the first area that you can increase your fees is by gaining more knowledge and turning that into experience and turning that into results. So some people are like, oh, well, Rob, I haven't really got any knowledge yet, or I'm just starting out. Every winner was once a beginner, every master was once a disaster. So what you do is you endeavour to increase knowledge, experience, results, probably in that order. You start with knowledge. Books, audio books, coming to events, doing courses. Then you go out on the the streets of business and you do some deals. And and then as you get results, that will filter back into your self-worth. Of, Because really, fees are about worth. Your fees directly relate to what you feel you're worth. So knowledge plus experience equals results is the first area to increase your fees. The second area is self-worth into net worth. This is the, the most impactful one, but it's the least practical. The more valuable you think you are, the more you'll charge Now, by the way, the word valuable is very specific. You could have all sorts of self-loathing, but know what you do is valuable. So you don't actually have to have holistically high self-worth to have high net worth, but you do have to believe inherently that what you offer to the world is valuable, and if you don't, you'll be too cheap. Now, what I find is when you have generally good self-worth, it's easier to increase your prices. Like, if you hate yourself or hate a lot of things about yourself, that does add a layer of difficulty to increasing your fees. But there's plenty of very rich people who still wrestled with their demons. So actually, it's a myth that you have to have really good, strong self-worth to have good net worth. I mean, it's pretty well-known... That Steve Jobs had a really bad relationship with his children and I can imagine as a dad he had all sorts of guilt. So that's the great thing about life. You can be imperfect and rich. The third thing is the hero and the guide. So anyone seen Star Wars? Give me a, show me a hand if you've seen Star Wars. Who hasn't got a hand? <laughs> right. So in Star Wars, the hero is Luke Skywalker. But he is not the most powerful character in Star Wars. In Star Wars, the most powerful character is Yoda. And Yoda is the guide. So, when you start your business, especially if it's an information business, content, you know, being a creator like we all do, you'll inadvertently make you the hero. Pete, he read my bio from 1985. It was very out of date, and that's not his fault. Uh, And he was making me the hero, and I immediately came on and said, Rob.Team, is about you and the community. It's not about me. It's about all of us. So when you make your product and service about the people and not about you, you'll make more money. When you have testimonials and case studies and you elevate your client results above you, you are Yoda, they are Luke Skywalker. You are the guide, they are the hero. That will make you way more rich than positioning yourself as the hero. You kind of have to do it a bit at the start for people to know you. But just know the difference between the hero and the guide. Okay, the fourth way to increase your fees with ease is to ever increase the value. If you're not making the money you want to make, if your fees are not where you want them to be, instead of wishing that inflation was lower and tax was lower and your market was better, start looking at how you can increase the value. So on Rob.team, for five fucking quid... You get an event like this twice a year. I had a billionaire and a hundred millionaire at the last one. We've got Barry Hearn and Matt Fidesz and Ryan and Jessen and myself at this one. So I believe those on their own are worth five pounds a month. Then we do four challenges a year to make cash challenges, to 10 extra social media following challenges. I do two to three Zoom masterclasses a month. I could just say... Join up for a fiver, and I'll do an article every week. Or join up for a fiver, and I'll do a 30-minute piece of content a week. And that would probably be enough. But because of my lonely self-loathing from being a kid, I always want to give more. And so in part, Robert, that does make me what I am because of that hole in the bucket, if you like. Okay. Number five of six areas to increase your fees with ease is... um, If you oversubscribe yourself and sell out, then everyone will want it more. And then your prices will naturally go up themselves. Like I'm guessing, most of you wouldn't just double your prices today. You'd be fearful for the clients that you might lose, the business that you might lose. Of course, unless you're in the building trade, you you fuckers can just double your prices overnight, can't you? (laughs) Well, you can on us. (laughs) A door handle is now 22 grand! (laughs) But um, when something cannot be bought, people want it more. When everyone wants something, people want it more. So if you always sell out, oversell, oversubscribe, you shut the door, your next round of prices are going up. Let's say you do mentoring. You have a cohort, an intake, 10 people, 10 grand a year. You sell out, next cohort's going to be 12 grand. And you can, because it's sold out. Okay, and then service is the last one, number six. So the six areas to increase your fees with ease. Knowledge plus experience equals results. Self-worth, internet worth, the hero in the guide, ever increasing value. Out, selling out or being oversubscribed. And then service. So the more you care, the more money you'll make. Now by the way, some of these things don't work in isolation. Because you could care about the entire planet and be skin in your bare feet. That was somewhat judgmental, wasn't it? <laughs> in your Louboutins. So you have to care, but you also have to turn that caring into a useful product. So the caring has to go through the product. I know a lot of coaches and trainers that say, I really care about people. And I really, you know, will go up, be up and above and beyond. And I really want to serve. They haven't packaged it into something useful that people want yet. So you have to put these things together. But people don't care what you know till they know that you care. Right, we had a question there and a question here. Oh, and now we have a question there and a question there. Let's do it. Bring it. What's your name?
3: Hi, Rob. I'm Zahida. What's your name? Zahida. Zahida. Um, Mine is to do with mindset, because recently I've come to a bit of a crossroads in that... My business, which I launched a year ago, I need to invest a lot of money. So this conversation came up with my husband and my sister, who's run her own business. And I was basically, I think it's a lot to do with, I've changed my mindset around money. But they were putting their limitations of their mindset onto me. So the general consensus was...
0: So the question is sorry, just quickly the question So the question
3: is when you like you were saying, you know yourself, you're presenting yourself as a person you are, but somebody else is putting their limitations on you. So as an entrepreneur, where do you take it from here?
0: Okay. So I've decided because of time that the questions we've got remaining we'll do we're gonna do a panel Q and A session with myself, Matt, Ryan. Um, who else have we got on that one, Callum? There's four of us. Um, so just because I'm, I'm aware, I don't want to eat into another speaker's session. We started a little bit late, and I'm just bang on. So this will be the last question for this session, but save them up for the next ones. I did what you said you did in lockdown, and that my greatest lesson with lockdown, do not buy into other people's beliefs, and I did. Now, I don't regret mostly adhering to lockdown one. I might have gone on the odd cheeky walk. But I mostly adhered to lockdown one, and I don't regret it, because there was not enough information. But um, I allowed people's fears to infiltrate my own emotions and beliefs, and that was my mistake, not the world's. So your language was that other people were projecting onto you. No one can project onto us without our own permission. So I think your greatest learning and the greatest answer to the question you didn't ask is if you do not allow others to control what you think and feel and believe then you will be much more armed to be successful in business because no one can make us think or feel or believe anything without our own permission and that was my biggest mistake in lockdown everyone was so scared and i'm not really a scared person i'm a hurt person i'm a lost person i'm a lonely person i'm at times but I'm never really a scared person. But everyone's fear was so palpable that it just frickin' seeped through me like an x-ray. And it made me feel dirty. Get the fuck off. you know, I didn't like it at all. But it took me months because I didn't really know what was going on. So, and this, Yogesh, same for you. You know, how we perceive other people, perceive us. That is a source of much pain.
1: Guys, can we give it up for Rob? Come on. All right.